Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What up, Jennifer Merlin? What's up, Monica? What are you doing? Oh, living the dream. Living the dream. God, do you think that's an overused expression? No, because it's what I do every day. Every day? Every day. You know what's funny right now? It's funny because it's really easy to be... I want to say winning right now. I don't mean that in the sense of winning. I, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. I mean, so many agents are so coming from scarcity. They're so freaked out. They're so fearful. They're running scared. Like it's really easy to feel very good about the next year or two about real estate. As long as we're doing the right things. Don't you think, don't you, do you get that excitement around shifts like this? I love a shift. I love a shift. And I don't want any of our listeners to fall victim to this shift. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim. This is opportunity. It's very exciting when there's a shift like this, right? Because you'll have like this mass exodus of agents, which is awesome. And it's an opportunity for you as an agent to hone your process and your systems so that you can take better advantage of the next shift going up. That's right. Got to refocus, pivot, re-strategize and get to work. Get to work. Get to work. All right. If you're not where you want to be, it's because you, you've got to look at yourself and say, am I really doing Mm -hmm. the work? What I need to be doing. Are you surrounded by the right people who are helping you understand the new strategies that need to happen during a shift? Yep. Or are you with a bunch of people that have never been through a shift and they're just pointing and blaming and throwing up the red flag and saying, oh no, not me. Yeah. Who, what, it, what are you doing? All right. Or a bunch of people that do no business. Well, there's that. There's that. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We love, love, love that you're here listening. We appreciate you. And uh, today, Jen and I are going to duke it out over something a little interesting. I don't know if this is going to be a duke out as much as just a ton of probably good language for you to use. Here's the question. What do you say when dot, dot, dot? Yes. What do you say when the client says dot, dot, dot? And we're going to throw some scenarios out and maybe we're going to argue about what you say. I don't know. But let's start with this, Jen. What do you say when a client you're kind of talking to, they're not a client yet, they're prospect. prospect. Yes. And they're like, well, you know, keep me in mind. Keep me I in hang mind. up immediately, like F off. <laughs> no, I mean, keep me in mind. What do you think they mean? What is underneath that message? I don't know. I think I would ask another question. Like, Okay. So we're talking, right? Like we're talking Let's on the phone and I'm like, it. ring, ring. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey. It's Monica. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who normally says this. It's normally like, no, like, let's say I called on one of your properties. 
All right. I called on one of your properties and you're like, Oh, you're pending. doing it from that end. Okay. I was doing yeah, it. Yeah. From Let's the other say end. that I called on one of your properties. It's pending. And I'm like, okay, well, keep me in mind for anything else like that. Anything else? Cause it's pending now. Okay. I'd be like, Oh, Monica, how long have you been looking? Well, we really haven't been looking. I just saw this house. I know this house is so cool, right? Yeah, it is. What's prompting you guys to think about moving? Well, I don't even know if we are. It was just this house. So this specific one. Sure. So if you, if another house came up like this, because this house is in a neighborhood, these houses come up all the time. If another one came up like this, would you be able to buy or right away? Or would you have to sell your house first? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Need to talk to my partner. Your partner. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, Monica, come on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like what are you guys thinking you might, is this like bigger than your current house, smaller, different neighborhood? Like, where do you tell me about your house now? Or what are you looking it, for in your new one? Yeah. The, um, we, what we like about this one is a ranch and it has a really nice big backyard. You're in a two story now. Yeah. Yeah. And a small yard. Um, we just need a little bit more space. We have a lot of dogs. How many do you have? We have six. That's a lot of dogs. Do you foster them? Or are they all your dogs? Uh, foster fails. Oh, <laughs> that's a good thing for them. <laughs> that's awesome. All well, right. So time yeah. out. You're trying, you're connecting with me. Mm-hmm. You're asking me questions. Yeah. To what end? What's the ultimate goal? The goal is to see if I'm going to set an appointment. I really haven't tapped yet into your motivation. So what I'm want to do before I set an appointment is I want to know one, are you, yeah. Like, are you motivated? So I haven't gotten there yet. So I would ask you more questions about like, are you still continuing to foster? And if you are like, what happens, how many dogs can you, can you keep? Right. Where is the point where you're at now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what could that look like? Mm-hmm. Why don't we do this? Why don't we see what your house is worth? Kind of walk down the process and see what's possible. Something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and try to set the appointment. What if you can't get there because, you know, ultimately she just called on this house and her significant other isn't really in it. Are you, my goal would be to get her set up in a portal so that I'm the one sending her houses. Are you trying to do that? No, you're asking me about buyers. No. I know, I know this is a little off your, like, this is not really my wheelhouse. Like I'm a, you were an average agent doing buyers. No, unless I say, I say no, if you're an average agent, because there are a lot of clients that we've had who are set up on a lot of portals. It doesn't matter if you're not keeping in contact with them. It doesn't matter. And to what end she's just being, if she's just being nosy, then just let her be nosy and follow up with a phone call. Your portal doesn't matter mm-hmm. and make it something more. I would say make the portal more like when you're serious. Well, I disagree with that in this, from this angle. Well, you're wrong. The, <laughs> the portal is the drip campaign. Now I'm not going to go, I'm going to show her one house because no, that's my God, end this I know, whatever. I'm going to show her one house, but before I would go seeing lots of houses, of course, she's going to fall in line with my process, which means we're going to have to get serious and get approved and get, uh, she's going to have to be a seven, eight or nine on the but that's what the portal does is allow it the doesn't. drip campaign and the conversation. Hey, did you see 
the house that just came up on Main Street. It was very similar. But she's to not even me about what there yet. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, you can. Okay, how about you set it up for yourself so that then you have something to talk to her about? Because this is about touches. Why would you I'm allow saying. your you touch her? Allow your email? Because you you set it up for yourself and then you you touch her. Stop. It's so creepy. But you call her or email her when one actually is relevant because we all know those portals are not like 100% relevant. And we know that she's off talking to 16 other realtors. She's not on Zillow. If she's- sending, not if you're providing the information, if you're servicing and part of the portal is the service. I disagree. There's so many clients I have that are set up on all these portals. It doesn't. That doesn't mean she's going to convert, but what? how long does that take you to set up a freaking portal? Way too it's long like because I always into- my login. It's like putting her into your CRM and which I also won't do. Here's my thing. So, like, I guess, and you know, you're making a really good point. It's like, what do you wait a second? What'd you say? Oh, good. (laughs) Your concept is a good point. You haven't said it yet. So, your your point is, or, or like what I'm kind of pulling out of this is what is your definition of a potential prospect? You our definitions are clearly different. I'm looking, my mindset is for now business. Look, Alan is the other nurture part of our team. We're not, well, and we're not really that much into nurturing. We nurture current, well, he nurtures like clients. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a client and you're not serious, and I don't think you're serious, then we're probably. So this is where I think a lot of agents fail to create a steady flow of income. And uh, I wish I could give this a visual with this, but let me just describe a funnel. Like I want you to picture like an upside down triangle. The bottom are your pendants. I think these people know what a funnel is. I listen, see them I'm doing just giving stands. the visual. Just listen, <laughs> let me say this. So the bottom of the upside down triangle is, is the, are the pendants. That's where the money's coming out. Right above that are your listings, especially especially in this market, because those are the closest things you have to a pending. Right above that, you've got motivated buyers because that's the next best thing to a pending. And then above that, you have maybe someday sellers, someday buyers, or not as motivated buyers. And then above that, you have this pool of people that you are affecting. What agents do is they work the bottom of the funnel so freaking hard. And the thing is, is that that business is already there. You almost have to do something stupid to mess that up. Stop paying so much attention to that. You've got to push it in from the top. And this lady who has shown some interest is actually better than Sally Smith, my friend, who's not showing any interest. So I think there is the need to capture her. I disagree. And here's why, because people will, they'll spend the time to put her in a portal. They'll spend the time to put her in the CRM. They haven't really talked about her motivation. She could be, how many people have you run into that are like, well, I'm just looking for a house like this. I have to talk to their their spouse, the wife or the husband or whatever, or whatever. And they're like, we're not moving ever. Mm -hmm. So What agents do is they have 200 people that are like, well, keep me in mind. And I'm really looking for something like this, but they're not really looking for something like that because they don't have the buy-in and they also don't plan on getting divorced. Right. And I have had to ask that like your spouse isn't on board. Are you planning on getting a divorce? 
No. <laughs> Are you planning on living separately? No. Well, then we probably need to get them on board. Like if you're <laughs> right. not going to live hey, anyway. So you're you forgetting a- though that this is a person that I have the opportunity to serve. And if her sister is buying a house, Oh my gosh, you should call Monica. We didn't end up buying I don't her, think, but she's maybe. so good. I just think she's what so happens, helpful. what in reality, I think that's a lovely textbook <laughs> the, theoretical idea. What really happens is agents have 200 leads that aren't motivated and aren't going anywhere. And they like use it as a little wubby and a little blanket. And they're like, well, I, I should be doing more business because I have like these 200 leads but you're not doing anything with them and they're not motivated. Go out and find motivated people. But that's okay. So you bring up a good point and the difference oh, in what I'm saying is, listen, what I'm saying, the difference is I don't look at my portals and say, these are my leads because they're not. If I'm doing business that way, I need to know out of those 50 people, how many of those are a nine or 10 on motivation? Those, how, that's my pipeline. How many leads do you believe an agent that sells over a hundred houses, how many leads do you think that they have? I, you got to give me some more because it just depends on where the leads are coming from. Well, if I it's feel like Zillow you also know or, the answer to this. Let me ask it in a different way. If I were to ask an agent on the street or there's the, I'm not even going to say it because if she's listens, then- <laughs> Okay. There's an agent. (laughs) I'm going to ask an agent, agent, regular agent, Sally Sue. How many leads do you think a top agent has? What do you think is the most likely answer that they're going to say? A thousand. And what's the right answer? A hundred. No, it's like 10 or five because you mean at any given time. Yes. The definition of a lead for them is somebody who is going to do a transaction, sign a contract within the next seven days. That's what I'm looking for. That's correct. That's the middle of my oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. No, listen, that's the middle of the funnel. What you're not talking about, and this is where agents fail. This is, I feel really passionate about this. They forget about above that. Who then becomes the motivated buyer? And so that's why you have to generate every day. It's not this lady who you need to ask 10 more questions. You don't know that yet. No, that's why I said I'd ask more questions. You're center up on a portal right away. No, I'm asking questions. Listen, I'm asking questions too, but that's ultimately, if I can't get what I need, I'm at least going to stay in touch with her. This is taking a turn. We haven't even gotten into any of the other questions. (laughs) Look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some more, like, what would you say on our socials? But let's like, at least do one more in this podcast, like a common one that people are saying. Um, well, let's do one more. Then we're going to take a break and then we can do even another one. Maybe. We have time. Holy shit. What else? I don't have time for this. What do you do with somebody that says, I may want to move next year? Hey, don't, don't forget about us. I think we're going to do something next year. Oh, that's awesome. What happens next year? That's when my uh, daughter graduates from high school and we're going to be looking to downsize. Are you guys? Yeah. Okay, great. So what I'm looking for when I ask that question is, is something happening? Because Mm -hmm. here's what I know. If there's an event, like something actually happening, then that is probably right. Okay. But for most people, that's not what they say. They'll Mm -hmm. say something like something that might not really anything. Right. So we're waiting for a promotion. Like a condition or a, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, A made up fantasy. (laughs) Are you in your dream house? 
Barbie dream house. But like, that mm-hmm. is actually a good question. Like, you know, you dream house now and you can tell by the pause if they are yeah. or not. And when yeah. you pause too long, that means they're not. That means you ask more questions, but, yeah. but this is, yeah. When somebody like, I'm thinking about next year. Great. Awesome. What happens next year without a tone, right? Like mm-hmm. what, what's prompting this? Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, do you agree? Like, how else, what would you say? Yeah. Well, I think more importantly, like what, what I would do is I would ensure that I'm going to put that person into a VIP a status or a kidding. level A or reminders or make sure because that is also that middle of the funnel. It may be out a little ways, but if I believe they're answered, like they're buying, they're selling. Yeah. So like, yeah, what happens if they say, well, my daughter's whatever. And it's like, okay, well, where, what's your vision? Where are you thinking of moving? Are you want to stay in the same area? Like what's going on and asking questions about that. And a lot of times these people are like, well, we're going to move out of state or we're going to move to somewhere smaller and we don't care about the school district or whatever. Right. And it's like, okay, if you found the perfect house before the dot, the kid graduated, would you move? Like give them like scenarios because you can really tell people's motivations based on how they answer that. You know, because yeah, then like, you know, we absolutely won't move before she leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, well, would you consider keeping it maybe as an investment property while she's like mm-hmm. keeping the new one as an investment property? So you were ready, right? Like there's a lot of things that can happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to gauge what what's real because there's, I come across so many people. I know you do too. So many people that live, like you said, in this like fantasy land. And it's like, can I just like get what's real? Like, I'm going to do this by, I'm going to do my 400 page to do list by today at five, when it's been sitting here for three months, you're not. Right, 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 right. No, I'm always looking for a hard yes or a hard no. You're looking for that. I right. want to I want to eliminate them from my pipeline. But in the absence of that, if I don't have that hard yes or no, then there is a way to work that and to allow some of those people to be in your funnel. Uh wait, are we gonna fight again? Get these like looky loos out of your damn funnel. They all of these people, all of these people, not you. I'm just, I mean, maybe I know, I know, but I don't want people to count them as leads. That's, I think that's where they do, but they do. And they spend so much time on these people who are not motivated that they're missing out on the people that are. That's the point. You're right. They're spending, they're prioritizing the wrong things. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have that layer in your funnel. And then have a VA follow-up. Can we agree on that? Until they're motivated for you from your timing. (laughs) Just you don't do it because if you only have like, let's say they're not even doing two hours of lead generation. Right. And they're going to spend, they're going to spend two hours doing it with people that don't matter. So let the VA from Cyberbacker let the VA follow up with those leads, implement your smart campaigns, like your drip campaigns, all the crap until the people are ready and then Leverage. you take over. So you Leverage follow up. up with the people who are going to do a contract with you or with somebody else in a set amount of time in the seven to 10 days is mine. I've been a realtor for a long time. I also, my give a shit meter is super low. So it's <laughs> that I'm not saying you have to do that. But like, it can't be in the next six months. It needs to be shorter. Whatever it is, I challenge you to cut that shit in half and see how many leads you actually have. It's less than 
it's less than what you think. And the leads that you do have that are left, guaranteed you haven't followed up with them because you're so busy following up with people that don't matter. Oh, I'm heated today. Are you yelling at everybody about I'm this? yelling at you because it's a, not you. You I that's know. listening, I'm yelling at you because it's <laughs> annoying. Stop it. Listen, I get it. <laughs> and you're right. And when this person says we're not going to sell until next summer, I, all I'm saying is I want you, the agent, the listener to figure out a system that enables you to be their real estate resource between now and then. And if that's leverage and you are lucky enough to have a VA from Cyberbacker, awesome. If you don't have that, also, then if you're lucky enough to have like have? KV core or something similar that has smart KV campaigns, core, like what Girl, we have these text campaigns that I've been doing are okay. like, <laughs> they are like gold, like what a brick of gold on these stupid text campaigns. Well, and it, all it does, it. you set it. It's like that chicken. You set it and forget it. Forget it. It's so good. Right. And then they text you back. Break. You need to regroup. <laughs> I need a claw. Please. Let's hear a word from our favorite partners. And when we return, we're going to see if we can get one more in. Why do 85% of real estate agents get out of the business in less than three years? Well, the main factor is that these agents don't realize that they own their own business. So my coach, Coach John Kitchens, has put together a free clarity report for us. This is whether you wanna earn 100,000 this year or a million. This report will give you the clarity you need to thrive in your business and not be a statistic. Go to coachcodeclarity.com for your free clarity report outlining what your success looks like. If you're like me, then what you need right now is great leads. My number one lead source is a marketing engine called Pipeline Pro Tools. So we've hooked up with them to give you the playbook that I'm using that has generated over 12 leads in the last 90 days. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club Book a quick demo so that they can help you figure out how many leads you will need in order to get the business that you're looking for. And then they will give you the playbook that I've been using for free. Again, that's pipelineprotools.com slash fight club. Welcome back to this very heated battle. Jeez, oh, Pete's Mert. I mean, I feel like we should do I'm upset selling it ourselves. Oh, okay. cut your commission. Which one do you think is the most common? Cut your commission. If you're hearing cut your commission, then they smell blood in the water. Well, or somebody told them to ask that. They're, they're I'd be like, look, uncle I appreciate you asking that. I ask for, a, <laughs> I ask for a discount at the dollar store, but it is not <laughs> happening. Do you have any other questions? Uh, my standard question to that is, I love that question. Tell me why that's important to you. You have to ask that question yeah. because you are going to answer it in a way that is not what the freaking question is even about. So you must, must, must clarify. Tell me why that's important to you. Yeah. Or most people that ask that question, what they really are asking is, and what they really want is to put the most money in their pocket. Is that what you really want? And yeah. they'll be like, is yes. Like about. they really don't want to take the food out of your child's mouth that you're no. going to, or make now your kid can't go to camp. Like that's not really yeah. what they want. They're not equating what they're asking to the reality of that, what that would look like. That's right. And you don't need, need to take a dollar bill and cut it in half and then give some to your broker and give some to your. To, to <laughs> I love sale. that. That's you a TJ 
TJ move. Hey, TJ. You don't need to do it. Is that what TJ does? I freaking love it. But you don't We're gonna do need a video to do on that for as sure. Soon as, as soon as TJ has the confidence to look at them and say, no. no. Any other questions? Yeah. But here's the thing, like, I think you have to gauge, like, it depends on who you're talking to, right? Like, if you know your client and you know, they're just one that always asks that be like, I love that you asked that question, man. No. Right. No. But if they are an actual person that like, you don't know, I agree with you. You have to get to like the bottom of it. Like what's important. Mm -hmm. Most people think, and this is where math becomes important. You're a real estate agent, learn how to do math. Because here's Mm -hmm. the thing, if you want to, most people think if I want to put more money in my pocket, I either have to sell it for more or I have to cut my expenses. The number one expense in selling a house is the commission. So how Mm -hmm. can I cut that? Now, Mm -hmm. Monica, oh, something exciting that we're doing now is we're doing bids. So it's sort of like an auction, but it's a bid. It's not an auction because I'm not an auctioneer. It's a bid. And so, and that they, we keep the price of the house low to bid it up. Okay. So this, opening bid is? It's an opening bid. It's usually like 40% less than what we think it'll sell for just to get, it's really low and it ca- casts like this wide net, but the buyer pays a buyer's premium. The seller. So it's an auction without it being an auction. It's not an auction because I'm not an auctioneer. It's a bid. Right. It's like eBay. So this, yeah. the cost to the seller is actually less. So how do you market that on the MLS? You put it- There's the a check price? mark in our MLS that says bid. It's really? new. It's new. Mm-hmm. Look at you, fancy pants. Look, I'm czar adjacent to you. I know. You're czar, I, so- I'm, I, a, <laughs> I'm assistant I'm czar. I'm aware, I'm aware. Oh my God. All right. There's oh, a lot of ways Lord. to sell a house. We just, I think the main point here to wrap this in a tight little bow is- one, it's a, if people are asking you questions, those are buying. That's a buying signal. Questions are good. You want questions. Just because they're asking the question doesn't mean that's the exact question they're asking. That's correct. You've got to ask clarifying questions. Boom. Get to that's the bottom. It. I'm telling you guys that if you practice the art of asking powerful questions, and you're like, well, Monica, what makes a powerful question? Just start asking questions. Then you'll understand the power in them. Yes. This is the thing that we don't do. We this should do a thing. whole episode, just us asking questions. I did actually do a class on art of powerful questions or something. It's been a long time. Oh, I should that sounds not, good. Pull maybe we could uh, open it up to our listeners and we could do a little webinar. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. We could go on the yeah, spider van. You guys just, you guys just want to like spew the answer so fast and don't throw realize, up on people. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, ask questions. All right, All right. I think that's gonna have to be the end of today's. Well, I'm I, tired. I haven't been tired in a while. I don't even know what this episode was about. <laughs> but listen, this was so heated. I actually want to hear from you, our listeners. I want you to tell us who do you align with on this thing. Because I want you to tell me what your definition of a lead is. Oh, man. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate it. As always, share this episode with somebody that you know, love, and care about, and make sure they also subscribe to the podcast so they can be alerted when you get a hot new episode released. (laughs) Yes. And Monica and I are looking for more people to come work at EXP with us. 
and dominate this market in this world. So if you are curious about eXp, you're curious about working with us, give me a call or a text 513-400-1691. Monica, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Jen. I'll see you next time. Bye. All right. I'm here with our tiebreaker, Michael Foster. Hey, Michael. Good morning. How you doing? Good. I'm excited for you to be on. So just to give some people some context, you're a partner at the Foster and Bosberg Realty Group at EXP, and your your whole group is called the Prosperity Builders. I love that name. Yeah, we came up with that because we felt like our agents that join underneath us, they want to have prosperity. So we want to help them build toward that. Right. And you're... um, I know you probably have agents everywhere, but you yourself are in Greensboro, North Carolina. Correct. And then the thing that I'm excited to have you on is because you run a role play group and that's exactly what we're talking about today. (laughs) What are the, uh, what are the common objections that the agents are dealing with and how are you like, what are the most common ones they're hearing? So the the ones um, that we get the most calls to say, how do we deal with this is someone saying in this environment with rising interest rates, et cetera, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait till the spring. Yeah. That's a big one. And then the other one is I'm not ready to work with a real estate agent yet. Okay. Let's talk about, I'm going to wait because that does happen, right? Like I'm either going to, I'm going to wait for whatever until the spring, until the winter, until rates fall, until they, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, they're going to wait. So what do you, what do you say? Well, Jennifer, um, I understand perfectly why you'd want to wait because it's a very big decision and you want to be sure you're making the right decision. But right now, just so you know, between this point in time and the end of the year, that same house that you're thinking about is going to be worth between five to seven percent more. So if you're looking at that three hundred thousand dollar house, it'll be three fifteen at the end of the year. And I can't guarantee that the interest rates aren't going to go up. I don't have a crystal ball. Right. Let's say the interest rates go up another half a point. That's another $100 on your payment in addition to paying $15,000 more for the house. Do you really want to be facing that? No. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. I I certainly understand. And by the way, the longer you stay in in that rental where you are, you're going to be paying somebody else's mortgage. And why not be building equity? Because believe it or not, for the next three years, they're looking at homes appreciating as much as 23% versus you paying 23% more rent. Wouldn't you rather be putting money in the bank than putting it out of the bank? Yeah. I think the important thing that I want people to gather here is that you're you're quantifying it, right? So they can come up with their own example. They don't have to do, they can use this example on every person, but your main point is like, hey, you're, you know, you quantified what it could be, the $100 a month, you quantified it's 23% more, you tied it back to the rent, to putting the money in my pocket versus theirs. And then you asked a question about it, you know, instead of, I hear so many agents, they just like say something, but then there's no, there's no conversation about it, right? Like they're not asking a question. Right, so our responsibility is to give them the information and let them make the decision. The biggest mistake I think agents make is they're trying to convince somebody the right decision to make in their mind. That's not our decision to make. We're supposed to give them the options and guide them, but not make the decision for them. Yeah, I think too, like you, you had me, like your tone is really comfortable. Like you said, like you don't have this, like I'm right, you're wrong tone. It's like, I can understand a lot of people are saying that, but like, here's the thing, like, here's the reality of what's going to happen. And like, 
I, were you looking to buy a house last time your lease was up like a year or so ago? And what happened then? You know, like, do you, do you like want to keep waiting to see what happened? Like, did it help you? And what's the worst that could happen? Like if interest rates go down, like you can, you can refi, but if your rent, your rent, has your rent ever gone down? No, it's going to keep going up. Right. So it's like, what do you, which was better? Like you said, like, what's really better for you? You know, I like it. Do you have any tips for, before we get into the next one, any tips, like if you're an agent and you're trying to think of like, how do I respond? And you know, you need to ask a question, but you like, don't know what question to ask. Like, do you have some like go-to? Absolutely. So the first thing you always do is you reaffirm what they said. Mm. So when you, when you said that you're not ready to buy yet, you'll say, Oh, I understand that you're, you may not be ready to buy yet. And while you're saying that you can collect your thoughts and register in your mind, what your answer to the objection might be, as opposed to stumbling and pausing, that's really not good. So that's one. And then two, to make sure that you pick up the cadence of the person on the other end of the phone's voice. Mm. So that if they're a soft-spoken person, you're speaking softly to them. If they're a hard, aggressive New Yorker, you put the football helmet on, you go. So <laughs> you really, I really pay attention to that and, and the pace of how they speak and the pace of how they process your question or your point. You want to get on that same cadence with them. No, that's really good advice. And this is where the mute button often comes in handy, right? Like, shut the hell up, basic, most of the time. It's slow down and be quiet. Let them talk. Exactly. What? Okay. What is the second one that you said is the most common that people are dealing with? The question usually is, uh, I'm not ready to take on a real estate agent yet. I'm just, I'm just looking on my own. I'm just going to open the houses. Yeah. That. Ugh, mistake. Hang up. That's what I would do. No, I'm just kidding. What? How? Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. How do you Um, handle that? Well, so there's two ways to handle it. One is I love stories because stories people relate to. So rather than than just saying you're wrong, uh, Jennifer, say, hey, Jennifer, I I totally understand that. You know, I just had a a client who said that to me and they went ahead and started looking on their own and they went to an open house and they fell in love with it, but they didn't have an agent. So they missed out on that house. So, you know, I has that happened to you. Like that's what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Imagine if that, imagine if that happened to you, how would you feel? So that's one way to approach it. The other is, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, Jennifer, but as a buyer's agent, I don't cost you anything. Uh, I am compensated through the seller. So my efforts are hundred percent to take care of you and protect you. And I am there to negotiate for you. I'm there to help filter your criteria mm-hmm. and all that doesn't cost you anything except for that I'm commi- commitment level. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a little bit hairy. Maybe not. It's not, there's no upfront costs. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause it gets paid on the back end, I guess when they buy. But not for, not the cost of the realtor. The, right. Yeah. And some people do charge like a, I don't know. But yeah, basically I get what you're saying. It's like, look, there's no, cause maybe they think that they have to put like a retainer on, or maybe they think like you're, well, they you're think they're paying for it. They yeah. think you're paying for the agent. I mean, I've right. had many agents say, so how much 
do I pay you at closing? I get that right. call. I get that question. And yeah. so yeah. I, I try to explain to them that it's not a cost to you. It, it may be in the price. Like paid through the loan, basically. Right. Yeah. Sure. But based on the price of the house or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But but I find in that situation, because it, it makes it, the other one that I told you makes it sound like I'm selling myself on you. So I like the idea of telling the story because people can relate to that. And it's still getting the same message out without having to sound like I'm trying to be aggressive to get you to work with me. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, the reality is I can tell like in your mind, you're thinking like, I'm here to help you. Like, it's not about me. Like I feel that you're, and it is, it's your tone it's your, like your calmness, like all that stuff that you had mentioned before you're matching me. So it's like, okay, he's not full court press on me for this. You know, it's like, I don't really want to lose a house and I have like everything I look at is pending. I mean, that's reality, right? Did you have a, did you have a bonus one for us? (laughs) A bonus one. Yeah. I, I get this one a lot. Hey, Michael, I, I really like one, two, three banana street, but I, I can't get to see it for two or three days. Oh, um, so, you know, my response to that is, you know, Jennifer, I totally get it. I know you're working full time. I know you have kids. You've got tough schedules, but let me just give you what's going on. And then you can make a decision if you can fit it in earlier. The market is tight. Homes are going off the market in a matter of days, not weeks. Right. And I'd hate for you to get to Wednesday and have me call you and say that house is under contract. Can you just take another look at your schedule and see if you have time in the morning or during your lunch hour and perhaps we can fit it in? Or I'd be willing to go and, sh- and look at that house and do a FaceTime with you so you can't, you don't have to be there. That's a good idea. I like that for sure. Now you offer, you do host a role play group. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So um, what we do is every Friday, we have it's only 30 minutes because we respect the agent's time, but we'll, we'll put out a, an objection during the week and we'll for, say, if you have a chance to get on and just, if this is an interesting one you come across, get on this call. We'll get on there. If there'll be six or seven agents, I'll announce the objection. I'll say, okay, who wants to uh, role play this with me? And then we'll role play that for you know maybe three, four minutes is all. Yeah. And then we'll say, okay, um, Barbara, what did you think about how I presented the the objection? Mm-hmm. Sally, how did you feel about how Barbara answered that objection? Right. And so it's it's more of a critique and a training versus okay. just going through the repetition of doing them, trying to get everybody to do them. Yeah. You can't. If you have seven or eight on there, it's it'd too be many. Yeah. Too long. But it is nice to hear other people saying things, right? And it could give you some ideas of what to say and to, you know, pick and choose from what other people are doing too. Well, we do have one rule. We'll, we'll, I'll always say every week, if you have any fear of, of, a, of positive criticism, then don't volunteer to get on this role play with us because we will critique right. to make you better. Yes. So everybody knows what the mission is. Exactly. That's perfect. Well, if people want to find out more about that role play group, or maybe they have a referral in Greensboro, North Carolina, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Go to prosperity-builders.com. Okay. That's that's our, our group uh, website. It has all of our events on there. It has all of our contacts, all of our agents. And um, yeah, we can handle anything off of, through that landing page. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. Hey, it's great to talk to you, Jennifer. You too. Thanks, Michael. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.